Welcome to the Boys of Summer. This is our special trade deadline edition. It's number 70. I'm joined by my friends Eric Braun, Paul Arnold. Thanks, guys, for coming on a week early. We normally do these every couple of weeks, but I thought this would be a good time to kind of review uh, what has happened already and what is about to happen, a trade deadline coming up at 4 o'clock Eastern time on Friday. But before we get to baseball, I would be remiss if I did not take a moment and to get your thoughts on what's going on now uh, with the Summer Olympics, the shocker that came down this week with Simone Biles uh, pulling out of the team competition and then today pulling out of the all-around competition because she is fighting mental health issues. Um, And there have been, you know, there's been a lot of support, but there have also been a lot of knuckleheads on social media. We see it all the time and, and it's kind of, it's kind of disgusting, but I guess what I wanted to, to kind of get your thought on it and maybe Eric, I want to start with you because you're our resident athlete. Um, well, you know, look, I mean, you know, Paul and I had our day, but you're still out there running and doing things, you know, we're old, we're old and broken down now. So you're our resident athlete. <laughs> okay. So let's start with you. I, you know, I think the, the, the thing that I want to maybe call attention to here is we, we love our athletes. We love our sports. We love these people and we idolize them. But I think we forget that they are human beings as well. And they are subject to the same frailties as the rest of us are. And I think if, if anything needed to be driven home, Simone Biles, who is considered the greatest of all time and somebody that's everywhere on commercials, on everything. And you think she doesn't have a care in the world. And here we are. And, and she's had to pull out because the stress just became too much. Yeah, she has, um, you know, what they're saying is she has this condition, which in baseball, they call it the yips in, right. uh, you know, in gymnastics, they call it the twisties where she just, you know, you get lost in the air, you, you know, you're doing a twist and, or a flip or something, and you just lose track of where you are. And it's really dangerous because I mean, we've seen what Simone Biles can do. She gets higher and faster than anybody else. You, you know, if she, you know, lands wrong, you know, it's, it's bad. And she's been having trouble really since, um, uh, you know, St. Louis. Um, and when they had the, uh, the trials there, um, you know, she's, you know, she's kind of been struggling and it, it really, you know, the thing is, is we talk about athletes, you know, and, and really, and all of us, you know, we don't take mental health as seriously as physical health. And, uh, it's really it's really the same thing. I mean, if you can't uh, perform and you're having mental health struggles, it's you know, I mean, man, look at you know what's happened to uh, you know the Rick Ank kills the Chuck Knobloks, you know, in baseball where they just couldn't um, throw the baseball to where they were aiming, right? Right. And it's a whole different story when you're um, you know flying through the air. Um, you know, the way, uh, the way Simone does. And, you know, it just, mental health just has to be taken seriously. And, you know, whether it's, um, you know, whatever the root cause is, whether it's the stress or just one of those things that happens, you know, you just, um, you know, you have to take time for yourself and you have to, you know, just let it run its course. And it's, you know, what, what makes me pretty angry about the, the reaction from, uh, you know, the, the trolls out there, um, on the internet would, and unfortunately some of them have pretty big seats, you know, of pretty loud voices is that, you know, they just don't, um, 
they just don't see how hard it is for Simone to make this decision, right? I mean, it would be way easier to go out there and try to perform than to admit that she's having mental health issues and walk away. There's still a huge stigma, um, you know, attached to that. And if you can't, um, perform safely, you should, or just for whatever reason, you're having some sort of mental health crisis, especially the pressure these athletes are under, you should be able to walk away and not have, uh, you know, these jerks, um, who obviously have deep self-esteem issues themselves, um, you know, criticize you on the internet. You know, they're grown, grown men who should know better. You know, the other piece of this, Paul, you know, you could actually make the case, you know, that she's pulled out and people are like, wow, she crumbled under the pressure. And you could actually make the case that what she did by pulling out of the team competition was actually maybe heroic is too strong a word, but very courageous because what she did was, as she said, I don't want to ruin the chances for the rest of the team. If I go out there and I lay an egg because I'm not mentally there, this team has no chance to meddle. If I step aside and they replace me, maybe the team can do better. It's, I, I guess, the equivalent of a starting pitcher after he goes out and throws the first inning and he doesn't feel right. Instead of going to his manager and saying, hey, Skip, I ain't got it. You got to get me out of here. You know, trying to gut it out and getting drilled. Um, you know, it's kind of you could, you could make the case that she did the courageous thing here. I agree with you, Gene, on that point. Um, I think as soon as we use the words mental health, uh, people go all over the place and say, oh, that must mean that she didn't have enough um, determination or she didn't try hard enough and she's just crumbling under the pressure that she herself created. And that's so off the mark because, as Eric described, when you have the yips or you don't have it, um, you just don't have it. It's... You know, sporting is not, if we could will our way every time to play great sports, everybody could be greater than they are right now. Uh, a good equivalent to this, and just to say how other athletes are experiencing the same type of um, problems, is there was a swimmer named Becker who took nine months off during COVID of training because he was just spent and his performance was going way down. And then he came back and he was much better. Um, my son went through this in high school baseball. He was started he was all slated to be the next starting catcher senior year and um all of a sudden he couldn't throw the ball he could not he had the yips throwing the baseball it was going all over the place he could not get his way around it they had to go back for the very beginning so i agree with you she knew she didn't have it and she was going to either hurt herself or hurt the other chances as bared out by that she didn't want to try for individual gold as well she doesn't need any more gold medals you know she's got you know so many gold medals like 30 gold and Olympic and world championships. So I wish it would have been described a little easier or better at the first go, but we didn't know what was going on. The other thing is right. I wonder how many of the athletes would have said, oh, I hurt my knee and just quietly right. stepped aside. But she went right to mental health, and, and this is so soon after that uh, tennis player from Japan, Osoko, Naomi, I think. Naomi Osaka. Yeah, yeah, who just bailed out of a press conference. And so, you know... I think this is a very calculated, smart woman, and I don't think this is similar to other cases. I do think she did this intentionally so her teammates could get silver. 
Well, I, I think, uh, you know, and I, I was just thinking, you, be, you mentioned Naomi Osaka. I was trying to think if there were other cases like this. I mean, this is about as stark as it gets. Now, Kevin Love, who plays in the NBA for the Cavaliers, has been well documented that he deals with depression issues and he's had some problems. Michael Phelps, the great swimmer, male swimmer, um, who won so many gold medals in the Olympics, has dealt with uh, depression as well. I mean, I think it's becoming, uh, I think athletes are becoming less hesitant about bringing it up. It, maybe the stigma is not there that used to be there. And and that's a good thing, right? Yeah, yes. I think it is a good thing. I mean, that was a rhetorical question. I yeah. Know, yeah, well, yeah. we'll <laughs> no, jump Gene, on that. No, Gene, it's terrible. <laughs> we'll back you yeah, up, I Gene. Saw, I saw a really good tweet from, uh, uh, I think it's Kavita Davidson. Uh, she, she writes for The Athletic. She said, Simone Biles won nationals with broken toes in both feet worlds with a kidney stone and has carried the burden of being a, the, a face of sexual assault survivors as a national institution failed to support them. Half of y'all yelling about toughness can't handle wearing a mask going to Wegmans. So I thought that was, uh, hey, you know what? Oh, it, a, amen. And you know, that's the other piece of this. And I talked about this on my show this morning. Um, we don't know what kind of scars that she's carrying around from that whole Larry Nasser thing. Exactly. The fact that she is able to put one foot in front of the other based on what she and so many other girls went through it, it, as part of the gymnastics program, you know, it, we're probably fortunate that she has been able to reach the level that she has without it affecting her any more than it, than it appeared to have, or she, she was able to bury it enough up until now. So, I mean, I don't, I think that's a great point. I don't, she has nothing to apologize for. Nope. So, all right. I just, I just felt that it was be wrong if we didn't bring that up. Now, one more thing before we get to the trade deadline, because this was breaking news uh, just before we went on the air to do this taping. No baseball tonight as we tape this on uh, July the 28th between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Washington Nationals. And guess why, guys? COVID strikes again. Just when we thought it was over, here we go again. No more baseball the CDC is saying we might need to wear masks again, or they said we probably should be wearing masks again. You know, I, I, I guess my question is, is, is this ever going to end? I mean, or is this our new normal that, that for the rest of our lives there's going to be a new variant of this damn thing. And it's going to be like, a you know, we have a, remember how we have like a bad, uh, uh, breathing weather, you know, when they'll say the atmosphere is bad, you shouldn't go outside. Maybe, maybe this is just going to be, we're going to have COVID, COVID weather. Oh, that's just too depressing to think about. I know. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's going to come to a complete end. Um, you know, I'm, you know, vaccination rates are finally starting to go back up after, um, you know, you know, people have started, uh, um, you know, some jobs are just saying you have to have it to come to work. Right. Um, but, uh, but I think, I think people will finally start getting you know, the, the other half of the population that hasn't gotten vaccinated yet, they'll, they'll start, there will probably always be, you know, it's going to be kind of like the flu, you know, where it might creep up every once in a while, but, but keep your shots updated and, you know, have a normal life. I think, I, I think the problem, I think the, sorry, Paul, I think the problem is, and, and there's some resentment going on and, and I have to be honest I think I'm part of this party that's kind of resenting people because the reason that we're doing this is to protect the people that have refused to get right. the vaccine. And that, I think, is the part that is frustrating a lot of Americans. 
you know, I went out and got my shots, you know, and, and, and they said 99.5% of the people that have died from COVID since June 4th were unvaccinated. So, I mean, what other proof do you need? And that's the part that's frustrating to me. So you don't want to do it, but I got to wear a mask to protect you. Something's wrong with that, you know, and I think that's bothering a lot of Americans. And those are the people who still aren't wearing masks, too. So, Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go way back, old school. I was talking to a guy today that was in the vaccine trials for the polio vaccine back wow. in the 1950s. Yep. And he's just shaking his head. He said, you know, back when uh, I was in, you know, a kid, everybody was lining up to get those trial ones. Not the regular vaccine, but the trial for polio. Everybody wanted to do it. And there was never any political divisiveness about it back then. This is what the scientists told us. We went ahead and did it. I think this root is rooted deep down in the American psyche that we don't like somebody telling us what to do. And the idea that science can't be trusted has been uh, pushed and pushed the last 10 to 20 years in different circles. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think this is what's happening. Uh, And I agree. The people who are the most vulnerable now are the unvaccinated and they just won't listen. What can we do besides keep on telling them? But um, you know what we are? We're kind of like parents. We we have to protect our children from themselves. Right. So that's kind of what we're doing. The unvaccinated people are kind of like the children that we have to protect because we're the responsible ones that got the vaccine. And for those of you that are listening to this podcast and haven't been vaccinated, get the damn shot. That's my public service announcement for the day. I just didn't mean to stun you guys into silence. I'm sorry. <laughs> we have a slogan in Michigan. It's fix the damn road. So, <laughs> well, this is, there you go. <laughs> you know, and, and one other, one of the last piece on this, you know, major league baseball postponed this game today. The NFL has said there aren't going to be any postponements this year. If your team is not fully vaccinated or has that 85%, and you have an outbreak on that team and you can't play a game, you forfeit. The NFL is not messing around. They said, we are not rescheduling games. We are not adding weeks to the season. They added an extra week to the season last year to, uh, to compensate for games that had to be postponed. They're not doing that this year. Roger Goodell says there will be forfeits. You know, and, 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 and yet you have the Washington football team that has their vaccination rates are minuscule. And their their head coach Ron Rivera is, a, is was apoplectic in the news conference today. So you know, you know, the, you talked about it. Maybe you know we've got jobs saying you got to get vaccinated to work here, and it's going to be the same way for sports. I think. And right. the crickets. Okay. No, no. Um, <laughs> I saw somebody. Somebody. Uh, I can't remember who it was today. Sent me a, a meme or something, but it was along the lines of what. Maybe what we should do is is have uh, uh, payments, government payments, go out to people who've gotten the vaccine. So the next round of <laughs> stimulus payments only go to you if you if you've gotten the vaccine. People will line up for that in a heartbeat, oh, won't they? That'll, that'll change some people's minds. Yeah. All right. Let's get to what we're really here for. Yes. We've we've, uh, we've taken care of the social commentary for today, and now we will get to baseball. Uh, so the trade deadline comes up on Friday, as I said, four o'clock. There have been a few trades so far. It is obviously picking up in the last couple of days. The first shot across the bow really was provided by the Tampa Bay Rays when they acquired Nelson Cruz. 
from the Minnesota Twins. The Twins were supposedly going to be big sellers. So far, the only person they've sold off is Nelson Cruz. But that is a that could be a potential difference maker in the American League East. I mean, Nelson Cruz is a guy that's got what four hundred and uh, what eighty something home runs in his career. Uh, I mean, this is a guy that uh, four hundred and thirty eight. I mean, this is a guy that could make a big difference in a very tight American League East race. I won't miss him in the Central. <laughs> I bet you won't. I bet you won't. Yeah, that's right. We, the Royals are happy to see him gone. Um, but then the Rays, this was the curious part. You know, we're in a situation in baseball where you can never have enough pitching, right? I mean, the pitching has been you know, horrific at times. And yet, so the Rays, on one hand, make a move to get Nelson Cruz but then trade one-fifth of their starting rotation as they sent Rich Hill to the New York Mets. I, I, it was, I, I don't think I can ever recall a team being a buyer at the trade deadline and yet still sending one of their starting pitchers to another team. Can you, do you remember that ever happening before? We're going to buy, yet we're going to ship off one of our starters? Not unless there was a bigger plan at play, right? So are they in the mix on some other trade? I don't know. But well, um, I mean, there was some talk that they were interested in Max Scherzer. Yeah, Scherzer's not going there. Max Scherzer's salary would be about half of what the Rays are paying everybody else. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's <laughs> not the way they roll. Yeah, I mean, so it, to me, I just it, it just seems odd. Now, obviously, the, the big bat in the lineup is, is going to help, but I guess that they think the their bullpen idea, their bullpen games thing, I guess they're going to take that one step further and now go with uh, three starters and bullpen games and the other two. That's the only thing I can think of, but it's weird. It is weird. Um, the other big trade, the Pittsburgh Pirates sent their all-star, Adam Frazier. Uh, you know, and you knew the Pirates were going to be selling because the Pirates are just hideous. Uh, but they sent their all-star, Adam Frazier, who started the all-star game at second base, to the Padres. This is a guy that was hitting 325. 325, and they shipped him off to the Padres for a couple of prospects. Uh, and by the way, he's still under team control, uh, I believe, until 2023. So the Padres basically stole an all-star, a very good all-star from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, that is a That Padre team... And, and, you know, if you look at that division, and we've talked about this, I've asked, who's going to win that division? I still don't know who's going to win that division. You know, the Giants and the Dodgers keep beating up on each other, and the Padres have been playing 500 ball. But that's, a to me, I thought that's, that get for Frazier was the steal. Um, the yeah, other, no doubt. The, the other team that's been the most active, though, are, uh, is your hometown team. Mr. Braun? Yes, the Astros. I mean, getting after it. Well, the Astros, and, and they've gone out, and they've gone after bullpen pieces. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, they've got some good young pitching that's shown, but, boy, they've gone out. They got, uh, today they went and got Yimmy Garcia, who is the closer for the Miami Marlins. Uh, Yimmy Garcia is a guy that has uh, uh, appeared in 39 games this year. His whip is just 1.2. Um, he struck out 35 guys in 36 innings. Uh, and then they got the other one that was fascinating. They got Kendall Graveman from the Seattle Mariners. Kendall Graveman, if you look at his numbers this year, he's been one of the best relievers in baseball. And I don't just mean, you know, for the, for the Mariners. I mean in baseball. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's a guy that's nobody ever heard of, but he's thrown 33 innings this year. He's given up 15 hits. Yeah, his ERA is like .86 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, was, um, I was amazed when I saw that they got it, and it was like this guy, I was like, I maybe knew his name. <laughs> like, holy cow, this guy. That was well, a great pickup for them. And they're, they're – bullpen era is like over four which is terrible so they've obviously seen that as a weakness and uh you know man look out for the astros if um it keeps going like this and the reason i think a lot of people didn't know who graveman was necessarily he wasn't even a reliever this is a guy who was a converted starter hmm. he didn't go to the bullpen until last year he's made two starts last year then they put him in the bullpen and he has absolutely thrived since he went there so now you've got the astros with all kinds of bullpen help um, and they've already got a six-game lead over the A's. I mean, that almost—I mean, I don't want to say game over, but that's a—that's going to be a. Now you tell you what. Now you pitch five five innings. The Astros probably have enough arms to get you out of that game. Yeah, yeah, they're at six games at this point in the season with with now with a solid bullpen. They're going to be very very hard. Hard to catch. You never know. But, man, I, I would certainly put my money on the throws. Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. I, I asked you last show if there was going to be any movement from anybody from the Tigers. We're a week later. Has there still been any talk about the Tigers being active at all in selling off pieces? No. Uh, I just looked that up before the uh, podcast, and at this point they're holding still. But it's raising a question in my mind as we go through the rebuild in Detroit. We're in our second year or maybe even third year rebuild. And you talked about the Pirates, and I think about the Diamondbacks and other teams. The Rangers. Like the Rangers. Yeah. Like how, you know, in, in this day and age, when you're trying to rebuild, how many years do you just let it tank out? And how many years does it take to get back using that method? And it seems to me that a lot of teams are saying, hey, if we're going to tank out, it's going to work two to three years of just being awful, get as many young players as we can. And then maybe in our fifth or sixth year, we're back because we've drafted well, we've picked up some players, and we've saved some money. Is that what you think is the common thinking of it, Gene? Well, I, I would think so. You know, Paul, Eric, do you remember how long did it take the Houston Astros from the time that they sold everybody and tanked until they got better? So when I moved here in 2000. 10 they were terrible i could when i was in the process of moving here i was i lived downtown i could walk up and buy like cheap tickets uh, right <laughs> so uh and i think they were bad for another year or two so when did you move you know, there sold 2010 uh and right. then by uh, and they kind of they turned it around pretty fast uh i want to say probably by 2013 they were coming back and then you know, 2014, they were just on the edge. 2015, they were in the playoffs. And then, you know, kind of the rest is history. So, uh, you know, it was it was three or four years of, okay. of real uh, just hideous baseball. <laughs> well, it, know, was it, it was bad. It was terrible. Well, how long has it been for the Tigers now? Uh, they're, this when was is, the last time they made the playoffs? Oh, yeah. It's been like five, six years. But um, yeah, the, but they kept on trying with the same players, and then they finally just gave up on that. And um, you, we so soon forget our wonderful manager Asmus came and Brad Asmus. Yes, he sort of destroyed us. But you know, I keep on looking at everybody's trying to copy what other teams are doing. 
And I was reading an article that the way you really are successful in any organization is you don't copy. You know what's specific to your organization, what's, what you already have, and you, you don't try to copycat other places. And I'm, that's one of my fears about the Tigers. Are, who are we trying to copy here? Instead of trying to say, no, what do we have now? Is it now the time to push certain areas? But I see these other teams trying to copy what the Astros did or other people. And I don't know if that's always the best way to go. Well, I mean, I think now the the kind of the uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I think the standard now, I guess, would be the Rays, right? I mean, you know, the Rays have uh, they've done it. They've shown that you can win without spending a ton of money, and I think that's what a lot of teams are trying to model now. And they're 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 trying not to take on as much salary. You're seeing teams uh, much less willing to go over the luxury tax threshold. Uh, so it seems like now the rays of the team that everybody wants to copy, mm. you know, but, uh, and, and look, I mean, look, it's been successful, you know, I mean, look, they got to the world series last year that nobody thought they would now, you know, had it been a normal 162 game season, would they have, I mean, who knows, you know, we'll never know, but they have been, they've been a playoff team year in and year out for the last several years, despite the fact that you couldn't pick half that team out of a lineup, you know? Um, so, there are a number of guys that have been rumored to go. Nobody has gone yet. And one of the teams that has not been active and everybody is waiting, the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. You know, everybody has said, well, Mike Rizzo's going, right? Uh, Craig Kimbrell's going. Uh, you know, who, who else? Uh, I, uh, there was talk that Kyle Hendricks might go, although the Cubs have kind of squashed that talk a little bit. Um, but the Cubs were supposed to be big sellers. The Twins, outside of Nelson Cruz, they haven't done anything, yet there's talk. They tried to sign Byron Buxton to an extension. He said no. So there's talk he might be on the hook now. Jose Barrios, their ace pitcher, might be on the hook right now. Do you think Do you think Minnesota's ready to flush everybody? I don't know. I, I keep thinking that they have some idea that they have the talent there. To what? To but come back this year, or, or not to come or back this long, year, but to, for long term, for, for next year, for long term, yeah. Okay. For, certainly for this year, it's over. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah, I gotta think that they're they're. I think they've still got a couple more trades um, left in them. You know, I just I just can't imagine. I mean, I I gotta think Pineda is gone. He yep. had a you know had a really good start um, last weekend, and you know, that, that really, I think heated up the market for him. So I think I, I got, I got to think at least he will be gone by this yeah, weekend. I, I would think the two most guys, I think Pineda's one. And I think the other guy, if I'm going to make, if I, if I think I still have talent, enough talent on this team, the guys that I would get rid of Michael Pineda would be one of them. And Josh Donaldson would be the other one. Yeah. You know, you can get rid of him. Yeah. I'm not going to get rid of a talent like Byron Buxton. Or Jose Barrios. I'm going to try to lock those guys in as best I can, or at least make it very difficult for them to leave. You know, if if I'm going to give guys like that away in a trade, I better be getting, you know, some team's best prospect. Right. And, and I'm not sure that uh, teams are willing to do that right now be, because Paul, they're following, they're copying that Tampa Bay model, and that model is to hang on to your farm team as much as you can because that's how the Rays have done it. Well, Gene, your beloved Red Sox are all over the rumors right now. I mean, you got possibly um, Scherzer going to the Red Sox, Rizzo going to the Red Sox. And do the Red Sox have anybody to really give up to get more players right now? Well, here's the thing. They they have some prospects. Bloom, the GM, has said that he does not want to mortgage the future for this year. Look, 
their 22 games or 21 games, they lost the first end of a doubleheader today to Toronto, but they're 21 games over 500. You know, I, I don't think the need is there to push the panic button. To me, if I'm Heimblum, I'm stick, I'm standing pat with the exception of I'm trying to pick up a couple of bullpen arms. Mm-hmm. I think if uh, because look, Chris Sale's coming back. Uh, he will be back. He's going to make two more rehab starts. He'll be back uh, by August 10th in the Red Sox rotation. All right. So you don't need Max Scherzer necessarily. Would I like to have him? Well, of course I would. I mean, I'd be silly not to. But in order to get Max Scherzer, you're going to have to give up something substantial. And I'm not sure the Red Sox are ready to do that. So I think what they're going to do is they're going to tweak. They're going to get a bullpen arm and maybe they're going to get some kind of a guy that can be a left-handed first baseman. And that that is not Anthony Rizzo, I don't think. I don't because I think the Cubs would want too much. Um, so you look, I, you know. So I think they're going to make minor tweaks. I don't think they're going to make a big splash. I, I, I wouldn't mind if they did, but I don't think they will. I really don't. I think Chris Sale is going to be the best trade deadline acquisition <laughs> that the Red Sox could possibly have. He's been dominant. I mean, he has pitched uh, in two rehab starts in Triple or Double A. He threw uh, seven innings. And he struck out 15 guys and walked one. Nice. You know, I mean, it's double A, but he's going to make two starts at triple A. He's up to 65 pitches now. He's had no setbacks whatsoever. You know, and they say that he looks like the Chris Sale of old. So that would be nice. All right, I got a list, guys, of 11 people that are supposed to be traded by the deadline. Craig Kimbrell is the number one guy on that list. Now, if the Red Sox wanted to make a splash and still also help the bullpen, that would be the perfect guy. Um, do you think? Do you think they're going to ship him off? Because here's the deal: he has a 16 million dollar team option for 2022. So essentially, he could be a rental because the team taking him—it's a club option—they don't have to pick up that option for next year. Hmm. Well, uh, so. Who all is looking at him? Do you think, is he looking at West Coast maybe? No, there's been rumors. The the teams that have been rumored to be interested, the Red Sox name has come up, but I don't think the Red Sox have actually said that. I think just people are theorizing. But Mm -hmm. the White Sox name has come up, and the the Phillies. The Phillies. You know, and and it's, it's, you know what, Eric? It sounds stupid, but Mm -hmm. the Phillies are only three and a half out of the lead in the NL East. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. That NL East yeah. is bad. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a mess, yeah. The, yeah, the Mets lead by three and a half over Philly, four over Atlanta, and seven and a half over Washington. You know, so that's still kind of wide open. You know, the thing is, is only one team's coming out of there. There's no wild card coming out of the NL East. So right. if, if you're the Phillies, you're three and a half back, you ha- and you're, you're at 500, you have to believe that you still have a chance. Because, you know, the Mets have been wildly inconsistent yeah um i i think he could move i just i still i mean i look at that cubs team and it's amazing how bad they are considering how much talent they have on that team so it i mean if if i was gm there i think i would be trying to hold on to some of these guys and uh, planning for the future but you know it is what it is and they're probably not um so uh kimbrell i yeah i kind of think he's he's on his way out um Somebody's going to make an offer they can't refuse. All right, Paul. Paul, I got one for you. Uh, Max Scherzer. We talked about him going to the Red Sox. Here's why I know that's not happening. Max Scherzer has come out and said he wants to pitch on the West Coast. 
So guess guess what three teams want Max Scherzer? The, the <laughs> yeah. Dodgers, yeah. the Dodgers, the Giants, the Padres. <laughs> Which one of them are going to go get Max Scherzer? Well, before I answer that question real quick, I'll say good for Scherzer to say I'm not going to either one of the Yankee or the Mets teams. He's saying no to New York, so good for him right. on that. Um, second, I'm going to say the Padres. The Padres, really? uh, you know, looks like, you know, they got um, Frazier. I think they a good pitcher. Man, you know, Kimbrell already pitches in the National League. His ERA is .49 this year. I think, is he the closer they haven't had since Hoffman? Wasn't Hoffman there at the Padres Trevor long, a long yeah. time ago? So yeah. I remember how he was so dominant in his day and age. So that's my take real quick. So you think the Padres? Why not? I got to go with the Giants. Um, I think I, I would, I would guess Padres, except they've got their cap space as a problem. Right. So, so I, my, I would lean towards the Giants if anybody's going to pull it off. I think, uh, yeah, that's that's my that's my guess. I I just I don't know why I'm picking the Giants over the Dodgers. It's just a just a gut feeling, really. Probably because everybody is sick of the the Dodgers getting everybody that they Correct. want. Correct. Yes. <laughs> I think that's part that of it. Definitely be a, that's, you know, that now be my bias. Now, you know, what what could be interesting here and the reason why I think that the Padres might be it might have a chance here is because one of the guys they could package in the trade to get Max Scherzer from Washington is Eric Hosmer. Yeah. They'd like to, I mean, and if they, and if they dump Eric Hosmer, who's still on the hook, I think for three more years, if they can get Washington to take them, they can save a bunch of money there. And right now, you know, Washington's got Josh Bell at first base. who was not exactly tearing it up. Uh, Hosmer can also play third base. Starlin Castro is playing third base. He's not exactly tearing it up. Uh, so there might be a possibility there that the Padres, if Hosmer was part of the deal, the Padres might be able to afford him, but I'm not sure. Yeah. And Hosmer is also supposed to be they're They're dangling him out there as part of a, a, a potential Joey Gallo trade too. So, uh, to Texas. So well, I, well, I don't, well, I, go ahead. What's interesting about that too. You brought up Joey Gallo. There's talk today that the, uh, uh, the Rangers have gone to Joey Gallo and offered him a long-term extension, a huge a big fat, yeah, a big fat one, yeah, yeah, to try to keep him in a Ranger uniform. And if you're the Rangers, seriously, and I know Joey Gallo is attractive, and God forbid he go to New York with that short left field porch or short right field porch. I mean, oh God help us. But if you're if you're the Rangers. You don't have a lot to cheer for down there. Can you really afford to take away perhaps your most exciting player from those fans in Texas? You know, wouldn't that be a PR nightmare if they did that? It would, but man, uh, that's putting so much money on one player for that club is, um, you know, sometimes you have to uh, make it make the smart business trade, even if, I mean, there's not a whole lot to cheer for it anyway, but yeah. If they can get him signed to a, to a long-term deal, I guess you would have to do it. But, boy, I sure wouldn't want to have to pay him as much money as it seems like they're talking about. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we're sitting here in Detroit with Miggy's long contract, and um, I don't think Gallo's even close to that conversation as one of the best players you know, around. So I wouldn't do it. Well, 
Another name that has been dangled, and I had I had forgotten about this one, another Chicago Cub, and it's not Anthony Rizzo. Another name has been Chris Bryant, uh, third baseman slash outfielder for the Cubs. Uh, he is going to be a free agent at the end of this year, so he would be a rental. So that, to me, is the perfect guy for the Cubs to try to dangle out there. And, uh, you know, and teams that have been rumored to get one him, the Phillies, again, the Mets, and the Rays. Um, you know, so again, if, you're, if we're talking about, if, 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 you're, if you're Jed Hoyer in Chicago, you could potentially get rid of your closer, your third baseman, your, your first baseman, uh, and, and who else? Uh, I can't really, I thought there was somebody else, but I mean, Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo and Craig Kimball going, that would be, man, I talk about gutting a team. No kidding. Um, so, you know, and, and the Mets offensively could certainly use Chris Bryant. There's no, there's no doubt about it, but, and, and again, as a rental, you would think he would be fairly inexpensive. The big name that's still out there, guys, Trevor story, Rocky shortstop. The number one team that has him on their wish list. Guess who it is? Uh, Tigers. No. <laughs> That's funny. No. The New York Yankees. Uh, of course. Of course. Don, 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 Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and, Slipped and into look, the, you know, the dark force there. And the Yan- Yankees made a move yesterday. Now, they didn't free up a lot of room. But they know that they don't want to blow through the whole luxury tax thing. They shipped off a couple of relievers to, for a player to be named later yesterday, including Luis Sessa, by the way, who's been really good for them this year, had an ERA of like under three. They shipped them off to the Reds just to try to clear up some, some cap space. Um, but they are supposedly really heavy into wanting Trevor Story. Uh, again, you want to talk about a difference maker, but if you are the Yankees and you want to do that, do the Yankees, I mean, look, they are, what, nine back of the Red Sox right now. Nine. They're, not, they're, uh, they're tied with Toronto. And they still have to chase down Tampa. But they're only two and a half out of the wild card. So if you're the Yankees, I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it, to try to go out and spend some money? I mean, th- in that division? Oh, yeah. And nothing, nothing has ever stopped them from spending money before. So why not? Why not now? Right? They're 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 in the mix. But don't they need outfielders, Gene, more than yep. a third baseman? Uh, yes, they do desperately. I mean, that's that's been the problem. Now, um, yeah, I mean, they don't really need another infielder to be to be honest with you. Um, but it's Trevor Story. I mean, if you have an right. opportunity to get a bat like that in your lineup, how do you pass that up? But yeah, their outfielders right now is just is you know they've got John Carlos Stanton who's a designated hitter who hasn't played the outfield in like three years. Uh, you know Aaron Judge is back, but he you know he we have trouble he, he has trouble staying healthy. And you've got Brett Gardner who's 112 years old playing out there <laughs> on a regular basis. You know so that's you know that's a problem. So yeah, no, you're right. They do need an outfielder, and that's why I'm surprised that they're so big um, on Trevor Story. But supposedly that is the guy that they have uh, targeted the most. So I guess we'll see. Um, another trade that happened today, Starling Marte goes from the Marlins to the Oakland athletics. And this is another one of these things where, you know, they gave up some pitching. The athletics did 
to get him. Jesus Lazardo, who has been one of their up-and-coming young pitchers, was traded today for Starling Marte. Um, you know, Oakland's biggest problem has always been offense, right? And, of course, it doesn't help that they play in you know Yosemite Park out there in Oakland. <laughs> but Marte's a guy who hits – he's hitting over 300 for the Marlins. So it's seen, and Derek Jeter seems like, you know, and he traded Yimmy Garcia today. So it seems like, uh, uh, it's a tag sale in Miami. Anybody you want, just give him a call. You could probably get him. Uh, but I just was, I was surprised that Lazardo got traded. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe you're not, but again, anytime you've got a good young arm like that, um, I'm always surprised when you get a trade, you know, and, and, I'm not as surprised Rich Hill got traded because Rich Hill's, what, 41 years old. But Jesus Lazardo's a young kid. It's just his third year in the major leagues. But don't you sort of wonder if the A's know something we don't? And maybe I saw too many movies about, you know, cloak and dagger and, you know, there's something wrong and they pass on the guy before everybody else knows. But uh, I always wonder when it looks such a promising person, a uh, player, and then the team trades him like, wait a second. There's got to well, be something more here. It's possible. Now, he's been hurt this year. And, you know, actually, he's right down right now. They have him in the minors, I think, doing a rehab start. I mean, he he's got an ERA this year of like almost seven. But this is a guy last year who had an ERA of just about four. And he gave up fewer hits than innings pitched. His whip was like one point two seven. You know, his rookie year. I mean, it, it, it was a, a small sample size, but he looked, you know, awesome. I mean, and this is, again, a young kid. It seems like maybe he's got a little bit of an injury and they're giving up on him. He's 23 years old. So to me, this was a bit of a surprise. You know, and if you're Derek Jeter, you know, maybe maybe this turns out to be a steal. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Eric. Yes. Whit Merrifield is still on the Kansas City Royals. <laughs> he is indeed, thank goodness. And <laughs> and, uh, and the and the the, the uh, rumors about him have cooled. They certainly have. Yeah, it sounds. You know, they talked to Dayton Moore, and he has said that you know he would have to be blown away to trade away any of their um, top tier talent. Um, which you know, I I take everything GMs say this time of year with a grain of salt. Um, you know, they could be positioning, but yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't see any big trades coming out of the Royals. Hey, Paul, I was just looking on the Major League Baseball site, and they do have a guy from the Tigers that they believe is going to get traded before Friday. Mm. Jonathan Scope. Uh, Scope. Scope, who plays uh, first base and second base. He's owed less than $2 million bucks this season. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. And guess where one of the teams he's, that he is rumored to be going to is? Houston. I bet it's the Red Sox. The Boston Red Sox. Red Sox. That <laughs> yeah. is correct. And that's the kind of guy, and that's see, that's the kind of guy I'm talking about. If if the Red Sox are going to make an adjustment, they're going to make a minor one. And a guy like Jonathan Scope, who's is owed less than you know a million bucks for the rest of the season, that's the kind of guy that would be perfect. Maybe you can you know um, you know give the the Tigers you know a middling prospect, and you know that might be the guy that's going for the Tigers. So you might lose somebody. Yeah, I think in these rebuilds, the manager is so important. Um, And Hinch has proven that here, and he proved it down in Houston. And you see Madden out in the, uh, you know, or the Angels trying to do that, and he did it at the Cubs in a way. I think that the GM and the manager have to be so in sync of what they're doing 
and letting go people that are are good, but they're not going to really do any long-term help. Um, And so I wonder, like, you know, the Marlins, you know, who's their manager right now? I can't even remember. Don Mattingly. Yeah, Don Mattingly, yeah. Oh, duh, duh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And he and Jeter are obviously uh, both former Yankees, and they both seem – and they just signed Mattingly to an extension. So he's not going anywhere for a couple of years, you know, so, but I think you're right. And I think AJ Hinch, you know, I think he has proven his abilities. And I think, uh, you know, Jonathan scopes, a guy, he's only 29 years old, but he is going to be a free agent. And I don't know, you know, what kind of money the tigers have to spend, but he's, you know, he's, Oh, no, he's owed 2 million bucks for the rest of the year. His contract issue was four and a half million dollars. Um, you know, and he's performing pretty well, so he's probably going to need a raise. And it might be the Tigers might be looking at that, saying we can't afford it. I mean, he's hitting two eighty five. Yeah, almost uh, an eight hundred OPS. Yeah, I mean, he's got seventeen homers, sixty runs batted in, so he's having a hell of a year. And the more I look at that, the more I hope the Red Sox do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, but but you know, but that's the kind of thing I think that the Red Sox are going to do is something small like but that. But do they and need more co- pitching than hitting, though? Well, like I, they're getting Chris Sale back. I know, but Chris Sale's been injured so many different times. Yeah, well, I, I'm a little skittish about him. Well, I, I, and I get that, but I'm going to tell you what. I'll take a, a, an 85% Chris Sale over most of the pitchers in Major League Baseball. Um, I will. And they just called up Tanner Houck, the kid from AAA, who's one of their top pitching prospects. Um, and he, he's been pitching great down there, and he came up. His first appearance with the Red Sox has been great. He's pitching in the second game of the doubleheader tonight. He has shut out the Blue Jays for the first couple of innings. Uh, so you've got him, and uh, you know, you've know you got Eduardo Rodriguez and Nate Valdi. I like that first four. And then you just cobble that fifth spot together with uh, whether it's Pavetta or Martin Perez or Garrett Richards, God forbid. But I, I, think, I, I, think, you know, I think their starting pitching is going to be fine with Sale coming back. So uh, I think they actually need a first baseman that can hit lefties more. Bobby Dahlbeck, who's been playing first base against right-handers, is hitting something like 150. Well, there you go. You get you can get um, Gallo then from the Rangers to come up to the Red Sox. <laughs> no, sure. <laughs> no, the Red Sox don't need any any more outfielders. Outfield's just fine. But uh, so anyway, so that is where we're at. I mean, and at the end of the day, uh, I think that the Cubs are going to be the team that ships off the most players. I could be really? wrong. Yeah, I I fully expect tomorrow that it's going to be a free for all in Chicago. <laughs> all right. I know it'll be fun. I, I think, and, and I'm hoping that's going to be the case. Cause you know, the last couple of years, the trade deadline has kind of been wimpy. Dull. Yeah, yeah, it has yeah, been. This and, is actually pretty interesting this year. It's been, it's been nice. Yeah. And I like the fact like the first move, the, the first move that was made was Nelson Cruz, a pretty big name, yeah. you know, and a guy that can, and now he's a DH, but he can still make a difference. But if you have guys like, you know, names like Scherzer and Rizzo and Kimbrell and stuff like that trading teams. I think it's going to be interesting because and, and and don't count out the Dodgers on Max Scherzer. I know you guys, one of you said the Tigers or the uh, Giants and one of you said the Padres, mm-hmm. but don't count out the Dodgers because here's the other thing we know. It doesn't look like Trevor Bauer is coming back right to the Dodgers this year. So the Dodgers and, you know, and they've got injury issues. Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Clayton Kershaw is not healthy. You know, so right now it's Walker, Bueller, Julio Urias, and, you know, then you don't know. You know How they does got the David- luxury tax work if you got somebody like Bauer who's basically suspended or on leave 
and you bring in somebody like Scherzer. It counts. It's, no, it counts. It all counts. It all counts. But the Dodgers, problem. the Dodgers don't care. You know, the Dodgers don't care. They'll pay the luxury tax this year. Yeah. I, I think they'll have to go back under it next year or it gets really, really expensive because they were they blew through it last year, too. Um, but I think that they, they won't care. They're already over it for this year. So once you're over it, you know, it doesn't really make a whole heck of a lot of difference. I think next year will be the issue. Um, so don't be I don't count them out because they need pitching. As much you know, you didn't think you know, with Clayton Kershaw and Trevor Bauer, but they're both down, and it's there's been talk that the Dodger players have told management don't bring him back here. I don't, I don't know how that's going to work, but you know, right. as especially if it goes through the courts and, and no no charges ever get filed, what do you do? I don't know. I mean, uh, that could be a mess. So, Got to hope for a, a strong character clause in the contract, I guess. <laughs> Something. Yeah. Well, guys, buckle up the seatbelts. We'll see what happens over the next 48 hours, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll have lots to talk about when we do Episode 71 coming up here in a couple of weeks. That's going to do it for us here tonight. For Eric Braun, Paul Arnold, I'm Gene Gums. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to The Boys of Summer. Summer.